Hello, it is me, Ronald, and we are back with another episode of the Arama Japan podcast, this time covering June of 2020. And this month, I have my co-host, Hannah. Hello! So, we are going to do something a little different this month. Um, Me and Hannah planned on covering June tonight, but um, there was some unfortunate news that happened late in the night, our time, in the east coast of the U.S., slash the afternoon in Asia, early morning in Europe. And that is the death of Miura Haruma, the actor. So, for those who don't know, um, around 1 p.m. Japan time on the 18th, he was found by his manager in his home in Tokyo. Um, He had hung himself in his closet. There was a suicide note. Um, Management became suspicious when he didn't show up for work, which was filming the new drama, which he announced that he would be part of earlier this week. So it's, um, it's a very shocking and very sad event. It just like, kind of like came out of nowhere. And it's, um, deaths, always kind of weird because it's kind of like it's sad but a lot of times when people die they do it when they're older so like normally when a celebrity dies it's kind of like when they're like past their peak but with him he had so much going on not to say that like makes his life more valuable but like he literally announced that he had a new drama coming out in September this week he had a new single coming out next month he's supposed to be on music stations three-hour special promoting that single next friday yeah (laughs) he has he has um he has the nhk travel show with juju that is still going on he was supposed to be in a musical and a tv special about the musical in december and january december of this year january Mm -hmm. of next year so he was really busy and really active and he really was like one of, like, the big young actors of the past decade plus at this point. So it's just, like, a really sad... years, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a really sad moment, and it's just, like, a real shock because it's just, like, it's, like, out of nowhere. So, Hannah, what are your thoughts? Before we get started, first off, if you're thinking of anything, there's a hotline. I am mandated to say that. But as we continue, I don't know. I feel like, like, I just don't really know what to think. First off, I feel like all the speculations that are going around, including the one that I just translated for Arama, are kind of premature because they still haven't released the contents of the note. And so we really don't know what's been going on. So Um, for those that don't know hannah just um contacted me and she's doing a post on the site because she found a um a bunch of article and what did the article discuss hannah and basically it was like essentially if you are watching this at the same time that we are which is saturday uh july 18th night 
for us Westerners and early morning, the 19th in Asian, you know, future time zones, um, there was a huge conversation about how basically a lot of his close friends are still in entertainment and one even showed up to work having found out about Mira's death on set. And this is, of Who course, is that? Shirota Yu. Yes. So that video, I remember seeing that video because, okay, because I was like, basically, because I had had, um, what had happened? So I was on a phone call, a video call with a couple of friends, like discussing one of my friends' birthday parties next weekend. And then, so I kind of like, I had Ongaku no He playing in the background and I kind of like glanced and I turned my head and at the top of the screen, they had like, they had like, um, his name and they were announcing his death and like yeah. it was kind of like the same warning that they have for when there's an earthquake like i'm used to yeah. seeing like that white writing at the top when it's just like something like 6.3 or like 7.2 like in the <laughs> but it was like he's dead and i was just like what and then like a couple of hours later um during the course of the night like um shirota yu was performing and he performed green's kiseki and basically, um, it's a very sentimental and a very touching song that has, like, resonated across Japan. I think it's, like, the biggest selling digital song in Japanese history, right? Well, I think, like, Sobani Iruyone is that bigger. I think that beat it. Wait, really? I think like, honestly, it. with the events of today... I am never going to be able to hear that song again the same way ever. <laughs> so basically the song talks about a relationship or a friendship because friendships are relationships too. Mm -hmm. And it's just about like the journey of that and talking about like how you're going to spend time with a person and you'll see them. And then so you perform this knowing that his friend Haruma had died and he basically cried and tried to get through it and it, it was just like I commend him for doing that but also it was, yeah, it was very painful to watch oh yeah like you'll see it if you read the, the article but essentially even one of the backstage producers I guess he was like a producer or something because he watched the entire thing he was basically like yeah when because Shirota actually performed a second song remember me and I'm just like are you guys sadistic <laughs> Like, you know what's going on. Remember me, for those of you who don't know what the song is, is basically the Disney theme song for Coco. And the entire premise of this song is like, I'm remembering my dad who has passed away. So a lot of people are like, this is massively sadistic. <laughs> this has to be like, it's probably going to be the most memorable Ongaku no Hi in history. So the other thing that happened too is that Flumpool performed. Like literally like right after they announced that he had died, like with the little headline at the top of the show, Flumpool performed a few minutes later and they performed um Kimi ni Toroke, which was the theme song Oh my god. The theme of his song. drama. Yeah. 
So it's kind of just like, was that planned? Or did Flumpool at the last minute, like, decide to play that? Like, did they already have that, like, lined up to play? Or was it kind of just like, oh, out of remembrance, we're going to play this? But it was kind of just like, oh, my God, it was, like, a bit much. It was really much. Like, um, actually, one of... So if you watch the Nogizaka performance, you'll notice that one girl is a lot less confident than the other two. And that's because they actually swapped out the girl last minute. Uh, the, the main Nogizaka girl was in such shock because she was actually supposed... She co-hosts a couple of musicals with him. And so Ikuta, Erika, they say it's because... Oh, like, that's who it was? Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, she's always like the one girl from Nogizaka that actually gets like solos on music shows because she's, yep. I guess she's like the actual like super good singer of the group. Yeah. And like, like Kubo Shiori is also really, really good, but she's not the same. And like the fact that she literally got swapped out two hours before they were supposed to go on air probably did not help. But yeah, like it affected a lot of, a lot of performances that day. Like, the the producer was basically like people were not able to talk in the back room like usually on these shows like people talk you know they they all say like nice things to each other but people were literally at a loss for words being like how do it's i like it's such a shock it really is and it was surprising to me that so many of his friends were just like i just didn't know like i had no idea that it was this bad yeah, like, no one knows, really. Well, most of the time, nobody knows until, like, it's too late. Yeah, but particularly in this instance, I feel like, like, usually the day afterwards, um, publications like Bunshin and stuff are very good at, like, finding people who are, like, yeah, like... They there were signs. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, like, literally in the article that I just translated... The entire thing, like, front to back, was just, there were no signs. Nobody knew that this was going on. Mm. And, like, the other thing, too, is that, like, I was, like, looking at his Instagram, like, this morning, and it was just, like, I don't want to speculate, but, like, I really do, like, have this feeling that he was probably going to try to go international at some point due to the fact that he could speak English and he was on a muse. I also feel like of all of their stars, I do think there was a much larger international reaction than I would have expected. Oh my God. I don't mean to like, I don't mean to like capitalize on a death, but like, just for the record, as far as like the stats for Arama, Arama crashed several times last night after the news was announced. And it is, I have never seen the numbers for an article that we published jump that quickly ever. Like SMAP's retirement, Namie's retirement, um, the one guy from Arashi getting married. It, like, the news of this just, like, sent shockwaves through the site, unlike any other story since we've been open. 
I, do I was think, like really though, surprised. I am surprised, but in hindsight, it makes sense, right? Because this dude literally, and it was really funny because Ronald and I were talking about how Johnny's has been at historic like power lows. Um, yes. Like literally since their founding. And I do think that a huge part of it is that you had this like group of very powerful actors yes. who were taking roles that Johnny's would have done. And because, one, because like oh go ahead. Yeah. So like one of those most important roles that Johnny's usually fills is actually anime and manga live action adaptations. Mm-hmm. Usually all of those roles go to idols. But Haruma Murura was actually in a ton of the super popular, like even to the West, the super popular ones. So like Kimini Todoke, he was in he was in Goksen, like all of the Goksens. He was in um uh, Attack Gintama. on Titan. Yeah, Gintama too. Like all of these like super, super Western popular ones. And so like in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, that does make sense because like if you're an anime fan, there is a very good chance that you've watched at least one of these adaptations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just like what the one thing we were talking about is that like donkeys, they don't really get famous because of their music. They get yeah. famous because of their role in a drama. And then it's like, oh, by the way, they also sing the theme song. Or, oh, by the way, he's also a singer. And then their popularity grows from there. So a lot of, like, the younger Johnny's groups have had, like, a bit of trouble because of the new crop of younger actors that have come out that are part of the same generation as Haruma. And, um, yeah, so, like, he really did have, like, an impact on the industry. And I do think, like, of all of the, of all the actors, right, in Amuse, I feel like she had the most potential to go overseas, right? Mm. And, like, those numbers just kind of prove it, which makes it really sad. It's not to say that, like, suicide is ever less sad, but it's also just, like, because part of the Bunshin article actually talked about how how like strictly he carried himself and this has been on my mind also because Watanabe Mayu retired right mm-hmm. I was just like why'd she break down and then I remembered how I don't want to call it paranoid but there's like this sense that you get from particular entertainers that they never let down their guard, ever. Do you know who I just thought of? Who? Namie. Ah, uh, yeah! Yeah, Nami is the exact same way. Like, literally, this woman will not let her guard down. Any scandal she's been a part of, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never about her. It's because somebody else did something wrong, right? Like her mother dying. That was her former brother-in-law. When she got pregnant and retired for a little bit, right? That was like a typical idol pregnancy retirement. She's literally never been in any other scandals. And when I saw the news 
of my use retirement, like, part of me was just like, this is slightly self-inflicted. But then another part of me also said, but think about like, just the amount of pressure that puts on someone to just maintain that front 24 <laughs> seven. Like you literally can never be relaxed because everyone is your enemy. Like you're a dude of Haruma Mura's magnitude, like his private photos probably would leak for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so just thinking about that is even exhausting. So I can't imagine living that way. It's just, it is, it's very sad. It's very sad. And like one thing, one thing that like made me like a bit mad and also the person that I like, the person that tweeted this is a Japanese person. And I said something in English and they replied to me in English a couple of minutes ago. And the one thing I really hate is, um, you know this, Hannah, I really hate the idea of suicide contagion. And you can't hate on it. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea. I, I think it's like, okay, because when, when you have a death, you already have something negative happening. And I don't like the idea of, like, saying, oh, like, someone so should check on someone to check on so and so because of like what may happen because like one of the first things i see when i wake up this when i wake up this morning is just like i um i saw a tweet about shiroto you performing and then right under it was a tweet saying just like somebody should check on juju they host that show together and they're friends and i'm like we are not going to do that yeah i i Let's put Juju on suicide watch. Like, that is what that person was basically saying. I, I do not like things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than sympathetic to the idea of, like, you know, suicide contagion is real. And, like, let's definitely be on heightened alert. But let's not, like, speculate about who's next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I because... saw that tweet, I was just like, are you are you fucking for serious, dude? <laughs> what it reminded me of, it reminded me of last year. Um, actually, it took me back to when, um, it took me back to when Suli from FX died. And the first thing that people said was like, oh, people should check on Hara from Kara because like, she's probably next. And I'm like, she's probably oh. next. She's probably next. I was like, that's a real strange way to express your concern. Like, uh, yeah, I just don't like things like that. It just it just doesn't sit right in my spirit. It's but, just I I sympathize with people trying to make sure that people are okay, but let's not like over speculate, right? Let's reach out and be like, "Are you fine?" Not, "I'm worried that you might, you know, do something to yourself." Yeah, like I'm worried for you. Oh. Like, I was like, then you, I think you have to be worried about like a lot of people in the industry then, because he's like a very, like, are you worried for Kiko Mizuhara because they were in Attack on Titan together? I feel like this dude was literally connected to like every person in the industry. Yeah, like, are, like, 
it's just it's a sad situation and I don't like people trying to like go and make it sadder by like making like kind of like a wish list of sorts. Yeah. Like there's definitely a line that gets crossed when people are like, I'm worried about this person. And I'm like, guys, guys, like let's let's not say, put just say in their something mind. like just say something like I I wish the best to their friends and family and leave it at that. Not like yeah. I'm worried for Juju. Because we don't know them. Like, fundamentally, that's what it comes down to, right? I don't... Like, when when Suli first took her life, I don't know Kuwata. All I can be like is go like, hey, person that I know works with her, like, mind checking in, right? That is all I can say. Because anything more than that becomes very voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. It's just, I feel like, like, there was also a really good, and why the fuck is everything so timely? So, one of the Twitter accounts that I followed actually had a Vogue article from Korea that I may also want to translate. And um, the dude's name was she- is Rashid. You guys should all follow him. He does amazingly great coverage on LGBT rights, particularly in Korea. Is that the but... guy that posted the Itzy video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. Oh, God. He, he literally does... He also has some of the funniest content, by the way, to inject a little bit of levity. Like, I still have one of the screenshots from his YouTube coverage of the leak serial that went viral in Korea in June, where he says in Korean with like subtitles like, oh, excuse me, I'm going to puke. I send that to my parents like 20 times a day. Oh my God. But yeah, everyone should follow him. But he actually retweeted a really good article just this morning about how, in a way, suicides are very preventable deaths and we should like the the vogue article was saying we should think of them less as like deaths caused by one person and more like social murder social murder yeah that was the like it's a murder by society because yes the person may have had factors that led them to be more predisposed to this particular action. But ultimately, the choices that led up to that action are influenced by the society that they live in. And this article was particularly around the, um, the trend of elder suicides in Korea, which is mostly due to the lack of social net there, particularly mm-hmm. for older people. But I actually saw very similar ideas getting floated around on the Japanese internet because Japan is still number one for youth suicides. Mm. And so a lot of it was very much around like, look, we have to confront the fact that as a society, we are failing our children. We're not providing, like a lot of the tweets that I saw were about how they're not providing a good environment to grow up as a kid. There's no, there's no social support. There's no mental network. 
And so you have like all these factors that lead to a lot of kids taking their own lives. I don't want to be that person. I mean, I don't want to be that Western writer for like the Daily Mail, but um, like I think of this is like the second one that we've had in two months because we had um. Oh Kimura, yeah, Kimura yeah, Hana. Yeah, like that was in May, and now we have Haruma in June, and like I like. I just think about those articles that come out about how, like, oh, the K-pop system, it's killing all of its young stars. And then so I'm just like, are we going to start getting posts like that now on our side of things? I, I want to say yes and no, right? Because, like, no one's saying, like, oh, the American system is killing our stars. Even though Robin Williams and Chester from Linkin Park literally took their lives within like three months of each other. Right? Or was it Chester and somebody else? But yeah, there, there's always like these spades because suicide contagion is a real thing. And when a friend commits suicide, somebody else is much more likely to do the same thing within, the, within a very short amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I can't help but look at words like the Bunshin article was like self-implicating when they were like, yeah, like Mira literally never let down his guard because he knew that he had great expectations from a muse. And therefore, even in private, he literally p- had the best behavior. He would specifically choose Yuzu and Southern All-Stars songs at karaoke because he knew that other people were judging him. And I'm like, what kind of life is that? that oh my twisted. god, that Amuse promo, though. He really kept it in the family. Yeah, and like the conservatism of having to only choose those two types of songs all the time. Mm. Right, because those are the safest songs that I can think of. That's like singing happy birthday at an American karaoke event that is someone's birthday. Right? You can't go any safer than Yuzu and Southern All-Stars. What sort of pressure was he living under that that was his life? I think about this one, like, someone posted today on Twitter, like, this screen cap from, like, one of his, um, one of his works, like, one of his movies or dramas, and apparently there's a line in it that says, it's not that I want to die, it's more like I'm afraid to live. You know, that, that hits different. (laughs) Yeah. It does. And I was just like, was there some truth to that when he said it in his acting, I guess we won't know, or maybe we will know when the note comes out. But, um, yeah, like, it's a sad day, and, yeah. Hannah, do you have any other words to say about that before we move on to the next topic? Because we don't want it to be just, like, a, a depressing episode, even though it is a depressing moment. Yeah, I just feel like until we get the note, it's just going to be speculations all the way down. But again, like if you if you 
you ever feel like you want to do something drastic like this, I, I hate to be cliched, but um, it's a temporary solution. It's a long. No. I, can't even, I can't even get the cliche. It's a permanent. Right. It's, it's a, a permanent, permanent solution, solution to a temporary, to a temporary problem. problem. Yes, thank you. I'm not that cliched. I can't even get the cliche right. But um, <laughs> but talk to somebody. Like talk to your parents. Talk to your friends. Talk to like another loved one. Talk to your 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 teacher, your coworker, the the pump the person that pumps your gas. Like talk to somebody. Um. But yeah, talk to somebody and yeah. don't don't do it. But um, switching gears now, um, we have a debut in June from a group called Niju. How do you? Is it okay? It's supposed to be pronounced Niju. So is that how we're going to pronounce it? Because like, I remember the article saying it's pronounced like needs you, but like needs you. <sighs> okay, needs you. So needs you debuted. And um, they, okay, for those that don't know, they are a, there's debate. There is debate over what they are. And I will say what I personally consider them as. They are a group that was formed by Sony Music, and JYP of K-pop. And so basically it's a group of Japanese girls that they scouted from Japan and the U.S. And they had a reality show. And then the final group of girls um, were selected. And then they released a pre-debut mini-album. And it did very, very, very well. Um, Across... It was a digital one. So, like, I'm looking at the numbers right now. So, it topped the... It was the, shockingly... It, it topped the combined album charts with 96,088 points. It topped the digital album charts with 81,525 copies sold. The digital single topped the chart, that chart with 24,466 copies. But the biggest and most shocking number was the streaming number the four songs were all within the top 10 digitally and for streaming but the song did not make you happy as any of the song it did 9.7 million streams in its first week which is the highest amount of streams ever for a song so all the stars of streaming like official higadendism and I'm Yon, and now Yosobi, it, it beat all of them. It was a massive, massive debut. But going back to what I said, some people are just like, they had criticism. They're like, why are you posting about them? They're a K-pop act. And I'm like, they are not a K-pop act. They are a group of Japanese girls singing in Japanese. They are a J-pop act. What they are, though, is also the localization of K-pop. I explain yeah. it like this. Something like you wouldn't call like SNH48 J-pop. You can kind of say like they're J-pop related, but they are a C-pop act slash the localization of J-pop. Actually, I love... So I was talking to Milan about this, and mm -hmm. 
I guess I just randomly said like, is Avatar an anime or is it Western animation? Or is this conversation so completely inane that we shouldn't be having it anymore? And I realized that's actually a perfect way to also think about Nijiu because are they J-pop? Are they K-pop? Does it matter? Like fundamentally they're both, right? It's Mm -hmm. completely controlled by JYP, which means that it is in some ways K-pop. Is it completely controlled? Yeah. 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 Like they've, they've mentioned it several times that it's not even like JYP, the company, it's JYP the person. <laughs> in Young Park. Yeah. So that is the, like doing everything. The one distinction I want to make between it being J pop and K pop, and this is something that a lot of people did not understand when I said what I said in regards to Twice. I personally believe that they are here to replace Twice. Yeah. I say this because I think back to 2011. That was the year that K pop reached its peak. At the beginning of the decade. That was the year that you had Toho Shinki, um, Girls' Generation, and Kara all on Kohaku. The next year they were all gone. And next year, that was also the year that um, the second year the Sendai J Soul Brothers was on. It was also the year that E-Girls debuted. So basically, it mm-hmm. is a continuation of my theory that LDH is K-pop in Japanese. Because what happened is that Japan saw that K-pop was popular. So how do you go and kind of like bring that home? A K-pop act will never be as big as a J-pop act that mimics K-pop. Because what happens when you have that is that when the group goes on a music show, all the members can speak. They can now engage in variety shows, which a lot of K-pop acts can't because of the language mm-hmm. barrier. There is so much more access in being a Japanese K-pop influence act than being a K-pop act. I mean, a J-pop act. I mean, a K-pop act. Yeah, K-pop. So, like, when you think of and there's Twice, no they racism. Have, yeah, that's the biggest one. There's no like when you look at Twice, for example. There are three Japanese girls. So you have three girls that can actually go up there and like do the whole like variety circuit if they wanted to, but then the rest of the group is left out. Meanwhile, with Niju, all those girls can do all of that. So there's just like a lot more access and a lot more ways to make money. I basically look at it as like the replacement of Twice. And it just came out this week that Twice is releasing a best album. So I kind of personally think the writing's on the wall for twice within Japan, at least. Hannah, what are your thoughts? I mean, I kind of saw this coming. Mostly because even before the announcement of Niju, um, JYP actually confirmed that two of the two of the members of twice we're in relationships. That only happens in K-pop when they're slowly winding down activities. And the fact that Twice is releasing the best album is like, okay, so the Twice that I've been following for like the past couple of years, they're gone. Um, they're putting an end to their activities and they're going to go on to their next thing. Maybe it's like, a rebirth of the group, maybe they all do solo stuff. Who knows, right? But whatever it is, we're not going to have twice anymore, and that's what Niji is about. 
And I hate to say it, particularly because I am Korean, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many Japanese speaking members you have in a group. If there is a group with Korean people in it, it's probably not going to do well. Um, not in Japan. And so from an economic standpoint, this is just much smarter. And like the nail on the coffin was literally eyes one. Sakura literally has a bursting career in South Korea. She appears on nothing in Japan. Literally nothing. All of 2019, they were in Japan busting single after single and they got invited to nothing, even with AKS connections. And so that's when I was just like, all right, like, Either it has to be completely Japanese or you're going to get nothing. That's that's a sign that people are getting. And so Nijiu is just the, the fruition of what happens when you have a media system like Japan's. And also, it doesn't help that I feel like the Twice Girls are overworked. And to a certain extent, I feel like their managers have realized that the girls themselves kind of want to move on. And so they've started allowing them to do things that K-pop idols are only allowed to do once they reach the point of like, I want to start the second part of my career. Which like is dating? Like, like dating. Like confirmed dating. Not dating because we saw photos from somebody else, but dating because both agencies were like, yes, this is fine. And you guys better get married. <laughs> I feel like, least, like Twice hasn't been out for that long, though. They've only been out for, what, like three years? No, I actually think Twice is slightly longer. Let me see. I aren't think they're you, almost... Aren't you just like, know, like, their exact birthday and, like, their blood types and everything as a once? Look, like, I like them, but, like... You're a eh... horrible once. I'm definitely a DD. That means that I like everyone. They've only been around for five years, I guess, but they've been working, working really hard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I personally think that Niju is here to replace, well, excuse me, to replace Twice. And yeah. I guess we shall see. But, um, Switching gears to something that I don't think we'll see much of um, is in June, Tagoshi Yuya of News said that announced that he was leaving the group and Johnny's. He is the sixth member of the group to leave. And personally, I think the group should just disband because, like, you've had two thirds of your members leave. Um, you're pretty much like you've been irrelevant for a long time and that's why um yuya leaving and thinking he's gonna have like some thriving and solo career i'm like girl that's not gonna happen like your group was barely hanging on you really think you're gonna have a solo career after all of the stuff you've done after like breaking quarantine measures to go party with girls apparently it was not partying with girls because he said that he did break quarantine, but he broke it for business meetings about charity events. He didn't go out <laughs> just to go like philander around with women. He went to go meet women who were business partners to discuss charity events. 
And then so uh, okay. basically, basically all of his scandals finally caught up with him and he was kicked out of Johnny's. But he said that he had been wanting to leave for a while and that he really wanted to leave after their tour this year, but the tour was canceled due to the virus. So who knows what the real story is? I personally think that Johnny's was just like, we've had enough of you. You've outlived your usefulness. We've given you several chances. Goodbye. Have a nice day. And just the fact that he thinks that he's going to have a solo career, like how many people from Johnny's have actually been successful after leaving? I think of one, and that's um, Hiromi Go. No, actually, the Smack guys are pretty. Oh are yeah, pretty up them. There. Them, but but like, they left as a unit, and they chased after their former manager. So I feel like that's a very. They did leave with their former manager, so like that does make a difference. But like, no one cares about Jin Akanishi. Yeah, like, like these these one-off dudes, they don't have a career. Like he was they much not bigger. Than, he was much bigger than Yuya, and like he doesn't even have a career. And you think that you're gonna have a career? Like, okay. Hannah, do you have anything else to say about this passing topic? I don't know. Like he is to AKB fandom. He is the great. The great scandal maker. At this point, like, the running rumor is if you're straight, you like Johnny's, and you're part of AKB48, and you'd like to have a I slept with a Johnny's member on your list, you've probably slept with Tagoshi Uya, is the current, the current running theory, just saying. That is, that is the AKB fan opinion. Of Tigoshi Uyo. So that is all I will say on this topic. <laughs> but then also speaking of men who can't keep it in their pants, we are moving on to the affair, basically the adultery, the continued adultery of Watabe Ken. And the thing is, though, is I remember being on Twitter a few weeks ago before this thing came out, and basically... Somebody tweeted, Watabe Ken basically said, I am taking a break from my activities because something's going to come out in a couple of days and it is not <laughs> going to be good. His exact wording was, I feel like viewers are going to find it very unpleasant to look at me <laughs> when this comes out. <laughs> So basically what ended up happening is that it was revealed that he has been cheating on his wife, Sasaki Nozomi, while they were dating, while they were married, and while she was pregnant with his child. Which throws me back to the whole other affair earlier this year with Anne and her... Her her husband, who was basically doing the same thing, I his name escapes me. His name escapes me. I can't remember his name, but like, yeah, it just brings me back to that. And then so I was just like, oh, like I just when I think of them as a couple, I just think of that one commercial I saw when I was in Japan of like the two of them walking in a forest and coming across like this strange looking white child 
that like offered them like milk or yogurt and them just like being so delightful to drink this little white child's dairy products. <laughs> it was just very, it was like a very weird commercial. Um, but basically, I actually have a little bit of a scoop too, which I revealed on Arama. Um, Watabe Ken doesn't last long during sex. So, the way that I know this, this is like this, this is like, this is me being like Wendy Williams right here. Um, so, a reader of the site contacted me on social media and basically said that he works in Rapungi, which is the place where um, Ken would go have his affairs. He would have his affairs in handicapped bathrooms. In Rapungi. What? Yes. He would have his affairs in handicapped bathrooms in Rapungi. Rapungi actually Rapungi Hills. Rapungi Hills, which is the mall in, in Tokyo. So he would go and have sex with his mistresses. He had several of them, by the way, including porn stars. And a reader of the site messaged me on social media and told me. This, this reader works at Rapungi Hills, and he was just like, yeah. So the word is, is that Ken lasts less than five minutes during sex. How's that even possible? I don't know. Maybe he has a very sensitive penis. <laughs> That's just really sad. Yes. So basically... He doesn't last long during sex, and wow, it must really suck for, like, Nozomi. So she's being cheated on by a guy that, like, can't even keep it up. I mean, like, that's what I want to ask, A guy that's 15 years older than her, too, not to be ageist, but he's not exactly the best-looking guy, either. Like, she could have done, like, way better, but she's getting, like... She's getting, like, cheated on by a guy that can't keep it up who's, like, about a good 6.7 to her, like, 9.2. That's what I want to know. Like, the man... Okay, literally, Sasaki Nozomi has to be one of the highest-earning actresses right now in Japan, right? In terms of, like, how many commercials she's on... Like, how many dramas she's on, everything, right? She literally prints money. Her face sells everything. And he decides to continue cheating on her. And I'm just like, why? Why? (laughs) And then, of course, um, Japan being Japan, um there was always, like, the blame was placed on her. Like, she must be doing Why? something wrong. Okay. Literally, like, she could be sleeping with 15 other people, but you should still be thankful that she chose to be your wife. Oh, my God. And have your children. Yes. But, yeah. Why? It was a mess. It was a full-on mess. Oh my god. Um but Japan I'm not I'm not surprised when men cheat in Japan. It's kind of just like 
it's just like waiting for it to happen. Like it's going to happen eventually. I mean, uh, that sounds very cynical of me. Like it's going to, there's a good chance it's going to happen. I just feel like I'm getting like every time a cheating scandal happens, whether it's in the U S or in Japan or whatever, like 95% of the time, it's always the guy. And it's always, I never hear about women cheating. I have heard it once. The morning Musume girl, Yaguchi. Oh, and also the speed girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like showing, I remember showing, actually, it, I'm, I'm reminded now of like when I was in Tokyo and I was in, um, I was in a, a bar, a gay bar, and like the, the, the bartender like started playing speed and I like said to him like, oh, like I was a bit drunk. I was like, speed, like, that girl like cheated on her husband and he like killed himself because of it and he got like very (laughs) mad about it and I was just like yeah he was also shocked that like Americans and like other people that speak English like want to like know about Japanese stuff it was like very bizarre to him but yeah like those are the only two instances that I can think of where I'm just like, oh, right, like, the girl cheated, not the guy. So is this just, like, guys can't keep it in their pants? <laughs> well, if you're Ken, you probably should keep it in your pants because it's not going to be up for long enough. So, um, <laughs> speaking of, like, being a little shady now, there was a certain song that came out in June that oomphs on Twitter were going on about and I was just like why nobody cares about this this is such a non-event a complete and utter non-event it was Kodakumi's digital summer single Puff or as I like to call it Puff Puff Pass because it was a non-factor nobody cared like Somebody on Twitter decided to go and make, like, a, like, daily chart for it. And, like, it basically was, like, the first day, I think it may have been, like, top 20. But, like, the third day was, like, out of the top 100. And I'm just, like, this is embarrassing. Like, why are you, are you, like, an anti? Like, you're supposed to be a fan and you're, like, posing these daily chart positions. This is very anti-behavior of you. Um, so, yeah, like, I remember, like, looking for Puff on the digital charts on Oricon, and then a reader of the site, like, alerted me that it actually they beat at number 67 on Billboard <laughs> digitally. And I was just like, hang it up, girl. No one cares. Like, nobody cares. Like, like what made it really sad? She probably sold that... less than a thousand copies. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you can sell more copies literally selling on the street of Shibuya. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like... And then somebody on Twitter was just, like, going on about how they want, like, a, a, a how, like, Puff is not, like, a summer single and how they want, like, a real summer single from her and I'm just like those days are gone like she releases Puff and she can't even get like a thousand people to buy it what makes you think she's going to release an actual 
physical summer single with like a photo shoot and videos and multiple song multiple a sides and all of that like those days are gone i'm actually like surprised at the legitimate lack of summer singles though talking about summer singles there is like literally both in korea and in japan i just don't see summer singles anymore like this year had there's been a complete lack of them Well, aren't most people kind of just like the summer is screwed in part? I do think that's probably a major reason for it. But the thing is, like, usually when you start recording for a summer single, right, you start recording around January. True. It takes about, like, six months of planning. So that means that they pulled the plug in, like, February. They were like, all right, this is not happening. <laughs> I think Coda came up I think Coda came up with Puff like maybe like April Last Fool's year. Day. That's what like that's what it seems like. It seems like an April Fool's joke. <laughs> this is like Puff Puff Pass. Basically. But it's like where are all the seasonal singles? Like this is the one iconic thing of Asia. This is the one thing that Asia does every year, right? You have your graduation single, you have your summer single, then you have your fall single, probably a ballad, and then you have a winter slash New Year's one. But it's completely gone this year. It's like freedom. (laughs) So basically, there's no summer singles this year. Yeah. I feel like I feel like coronavirus ended the one thing I feel I felt like was an inevitability of like of like Asian music. Like you you listen to Korean music and you listen to Japanese music and it's like every year without fail it is like clockwork. And this year, this year everyone was like not going to do it. <laughs> Somehow in February, every person was just like, this is a bad idea. And so they all pulled the plug simultaneously. Speaking of pulling the plug, Fairies disbanded this month. Um, And it reminded me of a tweet I saw this month as well, where they were talking about J-pop that makes, J-pop to introduce the K-pop fans. And it was basically like, fakey, e-girls and fairies and i'm just like well 2020 killed off two of those groups oh yeah and the third one might as well be dead already oh fakey i i'm still confused about like what is fakey what are they like Like, what are they (laughs) what are they doing it makes no sense you like, know, the one thing that I was always confused about, actually, speaking about J-pop being introduced to K-pop fans, is why wasn't Little Glee Monster ever a part of that list? Because Little Glee Monster, um... I mean, they make mom-pop, okay? Like, yeah. I get it. They're boring. I also think they're boring. I actually think their covers are much better than whatever they perform usually but like I like that news the Kai song they put out in part because like it just reminds me of that coat commercial I saw in Japan for Christmas with like the homeless guy that really is like Santa Claus 
Yeah, like that is they they make like Christian pop, but in Japan. <laughs> Christian pop. Yeah, it's like it's it's pleasant, but it's music. That is when you're so- in the moment, it's it's really nice, right? When you're in the moment and you're singing together with everyone, it's like, ah, oh, this is so pleasant. I really like it. By the way, I go to church. I can say this. But while you're you watching a Hallmark movie. Yes. I do because <laughs> Little Glee Monster. Little Glee Monster in like a Hallmark movie. Oh my God. But it actually works. <laughs> like in a town center singing like Jesus in a manger. Oh my God. I can see it. I can see like a little Glee Monster Hallmark Christmas music special. But it's so funny because they're the only ones who survived. Right? Look at all the other K pop replacements. Little Glee Monster is the only one that survived. I don't really think of Little Glee Monster as a K pop replacement. I kind of actually do because I think I think of them as What, like, like Korean Abichi? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, they only produce, yeah, they only produce like ballads and they're really good at singing and they were all scouted, blah, 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 blah. They all had to win some competition to get on. But like, they're the only ones to survive until the end. It's like survival of the fittest. And somehow the Christian pop group won. They're like Hillsong, but Japanese. <laughs> My God, not. Hill song. <laughs> Am I gonna get sued by Australia now? <laughs> Maybe if Hillsong sues the podcast, we can buy Justin Bieber's pastor underwear. Because oh. I feel like I feel not that I'm complaining at all, but I feel like I've come a bit too close to seeing Justin Bieber's pastor's pubes. Again, not that I'm complaining. What? Yeah, look it up. Look up Justin Bieber's pastor, and like literally, it's like I do not. It's nice though. Like, just take a look. He's like, he's like, do not want. <laughs> he's like, it's like him and Justin like walking around like in basketball shorts with like no underwear on. Clearly, no underwear. Um, like very like low slung shorts. Yeah, this it's is like, something that I never knew I did not need. <laughs> like people thinking just like at first, like it was like Justin, like it's Justin we were gay. Like why is he like hanging out with this guy with like no underwear on and wearing basketball shorts and like kind of like hugged up on each other? It's like that's his pastor, and it's just like you like hang out with your pastor shirtless and not wear underwear. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, speaking of interesting things, um, the half year charts came out in June because, as you know, the Japanese chart year starts in December, so June marks the half year point. So, according to Oricon, the top artists of top ten artists of 2020 so far, sorry, are Nokizaka 46, BTS, Triple A, King New, Official Higedandism. King and Prince, Six Tones versus Stones, actually, sorry, Stones versus Snowman, Johnny's Jr. for some odd reason, Sendai J Soul Brothers, and then Kiss My Foot 2. 
But on the Billboard side, the top 20 art, the top 10 artists, actually, these are top 20, are Official Higedanism, King Du, Amyon, Inezu Kinchi, BTS, Arashi, Miss Green Apple, Snowman, Lisa, Back Number, Stones, Twice, Tsunamasaki, Radwimps, 1OK Rock, Nogizaka 46, Billie Eilish, JL1, Sendai J Soul Brothers, and Yoroshika. Wasn't BTS also part of the Billboard list? Billboard, was, they were number five. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I, I find it funny. Too. I find it funny that Nogizaka was number one in Oricon and number 16 on Billboard. Well, is it really that funny? Because that's actually the running joke among um, 48 and 46 fans that of the main, like, leaderships of all the groups, right? AKB has had, like, hit after hit after hit during their peak. And Nogizaka literally reached the top without ever getting a song to that level. So then, as far as... So, then looking at Oricon really quickly, the combined single, the top one is Stones vs. Snowman, Imitation Range, slash DD, mm-hmm. 1.6 million sales. Um, combined album is King News Ceremony with 594,000 copies. And then the same number is for the single for the um, Stones and versus Snowman. The number one album overall, I mean, physically, physically, number one album is BTS's Map of the Soul 7 with 429,000 copies. The biggest digital single of the year so far, according to Oricon, is Official Higodendism's I In Love with 520,000. Digital album, this is where, this is how King New beat BTS, is Ceremony got 77,000 copies digitally. And the main thing you want to look at, though, nowadays is streaming. The mm-hmm. most streamed song and so far this year is Official Higodendism's Pretender with 91.4 million streams. Followed by King News Hakujitsu with 88.7, and then Higadan again with I Love with 87.1. So, looking at this chart real quick for streaming, you have one, two, three, four, five Higadan songs. You have two King News songs Lisa, Tsunamasaki, and Yosobi. Those are your top 10 digitally. I mean, for streaming according to Oricon. Then jumping over to Billboard, Hot 100, number one is Pretender by Higadan. Hot Albums, number one is Ceremony by King New, streaming songs, Pretender. Download songs, I Love. Download Albums, Ceremony. And then something interesting that Billboard does, they list the top lyricists and the top composers. So this is no surprise, but the top lyricist and top composer of the year so far is Fujiwara Satoshi of Hikiden. Which, like, when you think about it, this is, this is exactly as you would expect, right? It's the but era of men. But then, but then, like, adding on to that, too... Basically, the um, composer and lyricist list are basically the same for the top three. So number two on that list is Daiki Suneta from King New. 
And then three is Yunezu Kenshi, both for his own work and also for the work that he does for Tsunamasaki. Because he basically produces Tsunamasaki. <laughs> Tsunamasaki is like basically like his like idol. Like yeah. his, like he produces, he Literally. writes his, I think he writes his songs. I know that he definitely like produces them. I, I think he writes them too. He writes them. Yeah. He writes them. His stuff but, is also really good. Everyone should check him out. <laughs> but looking at like, as far as like lyricists, the top woman is Aimeon at number five. And then also in there is um, Lisa at number seven. Those are the top two female lyricists right now. And they come in at five and seven. Everybody else is men. Um, and then composers, I'm Young's number four. Lisa's number six. And that's it for them on the composers list. You know the what rest. I'm actually surprised by what? the women list? I'm surprised that Hataaki isn't higher. But then... I remember that Love Live, like streaming wise, they're not that significant. They're oh, great is, when it comes to like tours. This is like overall for music though. No, but I'm saying that like, I'm surprised that she's not higher when it comes to the lyricist list because Hataki is the person who does the majority of those Love Live songs. Like she writes all of them. But like looking at these two lists, I really do dead grandma the other day was saying i was wrong about the band boom coming and i was just like i wasn't wrong i was just a bit premature to an yeah. extent because the thing is though is that there really have been like basically at this point three waves because the beginning of the decade it was um sakai no wari second action and one okay rock in the beginning of the 2000s 2010s and then the second wave was basically like Enon with which is the reason why we have that article predicting the band boom from Billboard was basically was mm-hmm. best on Yesu. Um, and then around the same time, Hoshino again started to appear. Yep. And, so did and that's when men. And then so basically, like now we find ourselves with like people who were like, like Hikadan coming on is completely new. King New coming on is completely new. Um, Kinshi, that was something that was a bit back then. Um, back number was kind of like, I say more now than then, but let me just read the lyricist list. Like I said before, Fujiwara Satoshi from Nikadan, um, Daiki Suneta from King Nu, Inazu Kinshi for himself in Tsunamasaki, Four is your fave, Akimoto Yasushi for Nogizaka 46, Hinata Zaka 46, and AKB 48. Five is Aimeon for herself. Six is actually surprising. It is Omori Motoki from Miss Green Apple. Seven is Lisa. Eight is Shimizu Iori from Back Number. And then nine is Kurihara Akatsuki from Snowman. And then ten is Yoshiki for Stones. So looking at that list, it really is just like you see the top lyricists are basically all bands at this point yep and then going down to composers one is satoshi from higadan um two suneta from king new three is kinshi four is aimeon five is 
um, Motoki from Miss Green Apple. Six is Lisa. Seven is Yori from Back Number. Eight is Hikari, who has done Snowman and Kiss My Foot 2. Um, Yoshiki for Stones and then also um, X. Um, and then 10 is Norio Jiro from Rad Wimps. Speaking of which, I just remember this the other day, Hannah. So, in a perfect non-coronavirus world, we'll be actually seeing Radwimps next week. Okay, that's just depressing, man. I thought we were friends. The fact that I haven't seen a live in more than half a year is literally depressing to me. What was the last concert you went to? Uh, I think it was the January ones, like Dreamcatcher and stuff. So a the bunch last of K-pop one, ones. The last one I went with was with you, actually in the same exact venue. Um, we went yep. to go see Hoshigen at Sony Hall in November, and we just to go see Radwimps at Sony Hall in July. And um, <sighs> that would have been our third Sony Hall concert together, because we saw Misha yeah. last May. Speaking of which, Japan Day was canceled this year due to the virus. Like, I wonder who, yep. like, was going to be performing there. Watch, watch them probably has to like pull out something. Be like, well, we had Janezu Kenshi lined up, <laughs> and um, if that actually happened, I think I would literally die on the spot. You know, Arashi was planning on doing Madison Square Garden for Japan Day, <laughs> but then what? You know, Namie was going to come out and do, like, Yankee Stadium for Japan Day. She was going to come out of retirement just for that. But we canceled it because, you know, the virus. Like, literally, AX did their did their live um, that they were, that they literally bought out Staples Center for, just FYI, uh, online. And I was just was crying the entire time. It was, okay, so it was like a bunch of two anime fans some of the biggest acts alive and the headliner was actually the person who did the evangelion theme song from like 20 years ago now takahashi and, yoko yeah, yeah 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 like she was supposed to be the final act and i was just watching it being like if ax had happened I would, but you know what? Of- it's kind of easy to say like this was our lineup when literally you can do the whole thing in Japan and just be like, because everyone literally lives in Tokyo. Everyone lives within like an hour of each other or half an hour of each other, like three or four subway stops of- within each other. It's kind of easy to say, well, our lineup was going to be like all these people, but then like the virus happened and really because they're like, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday at like six a.m. But the thing is, they actually had the visas already. Mm. It was it was like the Haru Nemory like cancelled visa <laughs> cry. Oh god, that I'm sounds so- like a, that sounds like another world right now. Because I was just I remember that concert was gonna happen. I was supposed to go to that, but then I was just like, I'm just going to Japan that day. None of it happened. Like absolutely none of it happened. But um. But, like, going back to the charts, like, I love the fact that, like, um, the change I wanted to happen, happened. I mean, I'm not saying that I love B 
these acts, but I would say just like, I can appreciate this a lot more than like, hey, 48s. Hey, <laughs> I mean, it's not to say that I don't appreciate the list, but hey, um, but yeah, so that. So that was like the half year point. So like we're halfway through the year now. What do you think of this year so far? I mean, like uh, besides the virus, I think it's been like a pretty decent year. Wait, really? Because like, what happened to the killer bees? Was that just supposed to be a thing? <laughs> well, I had killer I mean, bees like... last year. Last year, um, last year I did realize that I had um. Pretty much, I had wasp, a wasp hive, like, next to my window, and they were somehow getting in. And I didn't know that they were there until, like, I looked one day outside and I saw a wasp, a wasp nest. And these were massive. These were, like, huge. Like, they literally look like the killer hornets. I mean, like, the question, though, is, I feel like this year is just a speed run of, like, the worst things that could happen. (laughs) I mean, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened this year, but, like, just, like, speaking from, like, a personal standpoint, like, I remember, like, thinking, me being dramatic and, like, me, like, walking, because it was, like, really cold earlier this year, like, I feel like the whole time we were in quarantine, it was, like, probably, like, 50 and raining, and I just remember just, like, tweeting, being just, like, going to go get tacos and, like, dollar tacos and bueno bars, and being just, like, this can't continue forever, and, like, me being sad and walking against the gray sky playing the Shinokana's Kimini Naitaku no Arakata. <laughs> and just being, like, really overdramatic. And then, like, within, like, a couple of weeks being just, like, I love this. I get to wake up whenever I want to, go to sleep whenever I want to, whenever I want to. I can just, like, play around on Twitter and just, like, talk to people and, like, video chat all the time. And then I got the email to go back to work, which I've, I've been back at work now for officially, like, a month. And I'm just, like... It's weird because I didn't, I was like, it was weird to go back to work. I felt kind of weird after not being at work for three months. But now that I've been at, back at work within like a week, it was kind of just like, oh, I feel like nothing has changed. I feel like everything's back to normal. But then I realized I can't really go anywhere besides work. <laughs> it's another form of hell. <laughs> like, I'm just like, like, I've been to New York once. And that was when I saw you. I'm going back next Saturday. But it's kind of just like, I just go to work. And that's it. And just like buy things online. And then I send the messages to your brother and try to get him to buy stuff too. <laughs> the funny thing though, is just like, the number of streaming lives that we have gotten since the start of this quarantine. I used to think like, hey, I'm going to save so much money. Right. No. I'm not gonna be going eventing. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not spending you were doing a week. lot. You were doing the most last year. Like you would be in Baltimore one week, you'd be in Atlanta another week, and I'm just like, Yeah, what? Do you have a job? Yeah. Like for two years in a row, that was my life, right? Do you remember last like, year when you uh, oh do you remember last year when you said you were gonna be in Japan like every other month this year? Yeah. Yeah. And that that did not happen. 
And I was just like, I'm going to save so much money because I'm just going to be at home and I'm not going to be traveling. I don't need hotel fees. And then every freaking, every artist and their mother decided, oh, hey, I'm just going to have a streaming concert at home. And then VTubers happen. And I'm like, what is going on with my life? <laughs> is a VTuber. A VTuber is like, I personally consider it like the genesis of what I consider the best of 3D and 2D idols combined. Because... 2.5D idols. Well, no, I don't want to call them 2.5D because that's already for like a cores and IMAS. And I consider them significantly more boring because they have none of the 3D element. Like you see them performing as their characters, but that's it. Right? You don't have any of the messiness of 3D people. You don't have like the real growth of 3D people. Like there are things that real life humans do that 2.5D idols never do, right? So, like, I I have this, um, I have one particular VTuber that I really, really like. I still don't know and... what a VTuber is, though. You said, like, it, it, I, I, I kind of, like, made, like, that, like, kind of, like, I thought funny and punny, like, <laughs> 2.5D idol thing, and you're like, no, sorry, I think. So, like, what exactly is a VTuber? I'm still lost, and I'm pretty sure the readers are, too. They're, they're like 3D characters that are being voiced by people, like real-life people, and they just stream as the 3D character. But the thing is, it's not a character. There's a real human being, and they're just acting as themselves, but with, like, a mask on. Like, the... So the basically, most... it's like an Instagram filter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's essentially an Instagram filter. It's, a really, it's so great because the problem with 3D idols, the only problem with 3D idols is that society tends to take a real big shit on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like Jirina decide, Jirina's nose decides it wants to produce snot because she's crying, right? And then she gets lynched in Japan over it. Or like, like Ayase Haruka is dating a Korean man and she got lynched on Japanese Twitter over that, right? That can't happen with a VTuber because you don't know who the real name and person behind the VTuber is. I mean, so there's it, like... So are man with a mission VTubers? Kind of, right? Because you don't know who they are. Or like green. But what are green? Oh, but we're, we're in sync. We both said green at the same time. Yeah. Like, green. Like, they, they're dentists in real life, and nobody knows who they actually are. I mean, I'm pretty sure some fans have found out, but that's, that's essentially what it is, right? It's great, because you don't see society taking shits on them, and that's fantastic. <laughs> okay. So, rounding out, what was your favorite thing in June? 
I think it's the fact that I discovered VTubers in June. <laughs> or was that July? But anyways, it was very close. So my favorite thing in June. Um, so so um, on January 1st, I was very excited for a lot of things. But um, my personal fave for like the past like couple of years, as everyone knows, is Mukai Taichi. And he basically on January 1st, he was just like, I am going to tour China and Taiwan in the spring. I'm going to do a digital EP in May. And I'm going to have release parties for the, EP, for the EP in Tokyo and Osaka in June. None of that happened, um, obviously. Course. I was actually planning on going to Japan and going to probably the Osaka one. But none of that happened. And so instead, he decided to go and just use already existing material to satisfy his fans in the meantime. So he released a live album of his tour from last year. And then he released a, a digital live album. And then he released a digital live video. And then he also released a photo book of the tour and also it included kind of like offshoots from the his last album salvage savage not salvage his last album savage like the photo shoot from that included outtakes so um i supported obviously but the one thing i couldn't physically the one thing i actually couldn't have was the book i pre-ordered yeah. the book. i pre-ordered the book so I actually, this past, I, I finally got tired of like waiting for um, Japan Post to like reopen. So I went and on Friday I went and I arranged for everything to be DHL'd. DHL, my whole thing to be DHL'd from Japan. So it includes my new Takashi Murakami print, which I'm very excited about. And it also includes a Taichi's tour book, which, because I pre-ordered, is signed by him so i'm very excited for that to come um i've seen photos of it it's a big book it's huge and and it's coming knowing dhl i could have it by this time next week hopefully so basically um that day june 17th was a nice day I got to see, I got to hear his tour, I got to see his tour, and I got confirmation that the book I had ordered had shipped from, I think I got it from Sutaya. I pre-ordered from Sutaya, yeah. That, like, Sutaya had sent out the book to the warehouse, the Baiyi warehouse, so that I could, like, get it. And hopefully in the next day or two, I get an email from DHL and Baiyi saying, yeah, your packages are on the way. So that was my favorite thing about you. But um, any closing words? I feel like now that we've reached this point where quarantine almost seems normal, things are... I don't know. We've reached, like, peak pandemic culture. I'm glad you feel that way because we're going to go right back into quarantine, I think, probably by the end of the summer. 
no, what I mean by that is like people have finally learned how to deal. And so you're seeing like a resurgence of content. Finally. Mm. Mm. I can see that. Um, so my closing words relating back to what we opened this with was if you ever feel like things are a bit too much for you, always go and reach out to somebody, whether it be just like a friend, a family member, oomph on Twitter, like yes. just reach out. Like go on go on the comments on a Rama and say something. And somebody, I'm sure somebody will contact you. And like just like just just don't do it. It's not worth it. But um, on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening. And um, actually, wait a minute. I forgot something about you. I forgot that we, um, our last, our last podcast was our special pride podcast. Which, if you did not listen to, I suggest you go listen to it because it was very funny. It was me, it was Hannah, and it was two, um, two people from special Twitch guests that we interact with. It was um Jasmine and Randy. It's a very interesting topic, and um, pretty much somebody else on Twitter was like talking about it, and they said like it kind of like inspired them to like go and start doing their own podcast and they want to do their own podcast and i was just like yes more j-pop voices like can we make this like a movement like people like going and like making their own content and the, the person is a man too and if you listen yeah, to the podcast, if you listen to the podcast you'll hear hannah say that men don't do shit and that women do everything within fan communities but <laughs> i take umbrage at that it what i mean you can't deny that I can deny it because I look at everything, like, the content that I create, I don't really, well, I guess the podcast is creating content, but, like, as far as just, like, the site, the site was made by men. Okay, I said the majority of content, the majority of derivative content tends Mm -hmm. to be made by women. Men don't do shit. Hashtag. That's hashtag misandry. Um, <laughs> which reminds me of Oomph today talking about, like, I don't want to watch on Gaku no He too many men. I'm like, misandry? Weirdest comment ever. Speaking of which, I have to go and, like, post on Gaku no He, which basically, um, I have to go post that and I have to go um, post your article, um, your Bunchen article about Haruma. But um, yeah, go listen to all of our podcast episodes. They're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. They're like inspiring, obviously, because like other people now want to do the same thing, and I welcome it. We can like go do and it. like cross cross some um, pollinating. Yes, but and then we yeah. can all be podcasters together. <laughs> we'll be podcasters together, and we can all like kind of like you know switch it up, have like shuffle units. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, like, everyone, like, do your thing. But, um, again, if you need help, ask. And um, thank you for listening. And good night. Good night.